The scripture reading for tonight comes from the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 12 and 15. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. And when they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. from chapter 15. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs, and shall be slaves there, and they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. And I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The word of the Lord. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. It is a contingency, it is conditional. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. The psalmist cries, I've been wandering like a lost sheep. Seek on your servant. Seek out your servant. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. The sense of lostness on Abraham's lips is really part of a larger human predicament. God is invoked as the one 
who can retrieve the sheep strayed in unmapped territory. The psalmist cries out, out of his sense of imperiled contingency. Imperiled contingency. The psalmist cries out, out of his sense of imperiled contingency, only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. Abraham's father and Abraham's father's father and all his people since the great scattering following the tower disaster were born, raised, and lived their lives in Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans. They were respected members of the community with deep roots in the community until one day, for what reason, one can only speculate, Abraham's father decides to leave, to pack up everything and move to Canaan. Now, in any measure of ancient cultures, this is not a thing that is easily done or at all advisable. Being stable, rooted, allowed one over time, really over generations, to build up wealth, land, livestock. It allowed one to build up family, big family, extended families, a whole tribe made life easier, made life safer. And it offered a sort of possibility of immortality in that your name was established. The name of your family was known and respected and would live on in that place. So to decide to leave the land of your father and your father's father for the patriarch of a great family to leave everything behind, to start over in a strange place where your name is not known, where you have no land, no people, no tribe, was a decision that is hard to understand. It's hard to explain. What's even more puzzling is Abraham doesn't even take all his people with him. He doesn't even take all his extended big family, his whole family with him. He doesn't even take all his sons with him. Something is amiss here. This seems to point maybe perhaps to some sort of scandal or shame or some sort of punishment. Like, was he run out of town? Terah, Abraham's father, had three sons, Abraham the oldest, Nair, and Haran. Haran had just one son, Lot, and then he died. Now when Terah, Abraham's father, left his homeland, he brought with him only Abraham and Abraham's wife, Sari, and Lot, the son of Haran. No big extended family, not even all his sons. Does this scandal or this shame or this sin that drove him out of the home the home of his ancestors, have something to do with the death of his youngest son? I don't know. It's, you know, 18 words. Of course, all this is speculation, right? Abraham's father might have chosen to leave his homeland and head out for Canaan for some noble reason, maybe. Maybe he made this decision to wander out into the wilderness. Um, perhaps he saw it in a dream or just, you know, wanted some adventure. Maybe this decision to head out into the wilderness was not judgment, but a blessing. 
Well, whatever prompted or propelled or pulled Abraham's father to leave Ur of the Chaldeans to set out for Canaan, it lost its momentum, its urgency, allure, or gravity. The text says, Terah took his son, Abraham, and his grandson, Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sari, and, his, and Abraham's, his son, Abraham's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Wendell Berry is like the patron saint of settling down, putting down roots, and weaving oneself and one family into the fabric of a community. Barry writes about Port Williams, a fictional town near the Kentucky River, and chronicles the lives of four families over 112 years. In eight novels, 38 short stories, and 17 poems about this place and these people. Wendell Berry said about his fictional town, I have made the imagined place of Port Williams, its neighborhood and membership, in an attempt to honor the actual place where I've lived. By means of that imagined place over the last 50 years, I've learned to see my native landscape and neighborhood as a place unique in the world, a work of God, possessed of an inherent sanctity. So for Wendell Berry, it's not only beneficial in terms of building wealth and procreating to establish oneself in a particular place, it's a holy thing to do it. It is the work of God to establish a paradise and to put people there to be fruitful and multiply. And the connection is not just to the land, to the place, it's to the community in that place the lives that are intertwined, as in intertwined as the roots that grow into the ground there. The membership is a term Wendell Berry and his characters used to talk about the bonds of a community within its given geographical location. The membership consists of any person who recognizes his or her place among and responsibility to the well-being of the land, the animals, and the people of the place. In his story, The Wild Birds, the character Burley Coulter explains what he means by membership. The way we are, we are members of each other, all of us, everything. The difference ain't in who is a member and who is not, but in who knows it and who don't. This idea of this membership is a reference to Paul's writings in Corinthians, for the body is one and has many members, but all members of that body, being many, are one, also as in Christ. Wendell Berry said about his character's statement, he said that Burley improved on St. Paul by telling a more comprehensive truth. It is a beautiful thing to be a part of a place and a community of people. And to have that place and community of people be a part of you as well. To know and be fully known. It sort of seems like, you know, the kingdom of God that we're always talking about. It seems like the way we should be living our lives together. It makes me happy and hopeful to think about the possibility 
of living our lives that way together. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. It's only the absent shepherd that can find what is lost. The psalmist cries, I've been wandering like a sheep. Seek out your servant. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. The sense of lostness on Abraham's lips is associated with a larger human predicament. God is invoked as the one who can retrieve the sheep, strain in unmapped territory. The psalmist cries out his sense of imperiled contingency. He cries out of his sense of imperiled contingency. Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost. Presumably, if the shepherd is not absent, if the shepherd is present, then the sheep is not lost. The shepherd is not desperately needed, is not hopefully, hungrily dreamed of and imagined. There is not a possibility of rescue if there is no danger. The verse following the verse that I read earlier where uh, Abraham's father's death is recorded, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. While Terah, Abraham's father, left his country, wealth, family, under unknown circumstances, here's God stepping in, calling Terah's son Abraham away from his new land, that they have made their own, where they have settled and established themselves. I mean, kind of. The indications from the text are that maybe things aren't going amazingly well in Haran. Sarah and Abraham are unable to have children, so no big family, no big tribe to tend to the large holdings of land and livestock. The rabbis even have stories about Abraham tending to stall in the marketplace in Haran. So the promises and advantages of putting down roots and establishing oneself in a place, a community, maybe have not come fully to Abraham. But doesn't that happen over generations? And then God comes out of nowhere. Well, I guess it's not really correct to say that God comes out of nowhere. As if it's surprising or unexpected or unlikely for God to show up anywhere, unlikely that God would arrive at Haran, that God would speak to Abraham. Because I suppose that God is about as far away or close to Haran as God is to anywhere else. That God is likely to, is likely to speak to Abraham as to anyone else. So God speaks to Abraham and tells him to leave his home and go to the place I will show you. God doesn't tell him to go to Canaan. God doesn't tell him to travel for like seven days and settle there. God says, I want you to pack everything up and leave your home and wander out into the wilderness, and then I will show you where I want you to go. Like, just take off, and I'll tell you where we're going on the road. Abraham could have complained and said, my father left his father's home. We're just trying to get things going here. What possibilities do I have? I mean, look at these two ways of life. The life of a nomad 
traveling versus the life of one who is settled, who's put down roots, who's increased their wealth and their family over time, over generations. Why does God do this to Abraham? Why does God call Abraham out of this community and say, go to this place where I will show you? Not even giving him the security of a destination. It says that he heads off to Canaan, but God never says to him, for him to go to Canaan. He says, go to the place where I will show you. Maybe he figures his father was heading to Canaan a long, long time ago. So he sort of has a little bit of a plan, but he has no certainty. Abraham moves forward, moves along, traveling without the knowledge of where he's going. He's a little bit off balance, ill at ease, never completely sure, not completely in control, only knowing that he's been called out by God to a place that God has not revealed to him. Why does God do this to him? As if he wants to create in him some sense of dependence or mystery or longing, as if, I don't know, is it possible that to put down roots and to know everyone in town and every alley and every fence and yard and dog, that kind of security might not measure up to a kind of off-balance pursuit of mystery? I don't know, it's kind of crazy that um, God calls Abraham out as a blessing, as a promise. He calls him out and says, come out of uh, the house of your father and the land where you live and come out and come to a place where I will show you and I will make a great nation of you and I will bless you. Everything that's supposed to happen when you stay put. Great wealth, a huge family, all these things, safety, secure, all these things that are supposed to come from staying put and developing roots over generations and generations. God says, no, I won't give you that here. I will only give you that there. But I'm not really going to tell you where there is. So come out. This is a blessing and the beginning of our faith tradition. Interestingly enough, it also happens to exactly mirror God's punishment of Cain when he kills his brother. He sends him out to a place and sends him off to wonder. And he promises that he will be protected. He sends him out to some place where he knows not where he's going. Why does God bless Abraham with the same thing that he used to punish Cain?
Only the absent shepherd can find what is lost.